It's the Sean Pittman Show, where we talk about politics, sports, entertainment, and business. Here is your host, Sean Pittman. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to the show. What a week. Congratulations to the Laker fans out there and uh, to all of the Heat fans, including me. Uh, I offer my condolences, but uh, we'll be back maybe next year. Um, but congratulations to the Laker fans. And a lot has changed since last week when we talked to uh, Orange Bowl Committee President Jeff Rubin in sports. Look, former guest Nick Saban has contracted COVID-19. And six other head coaches have contracted uh, COVID-19. The LSU-Florida game was canceled yesterday, y'all. Uh, because of COVID-19 and a couple of other games uh, were canceled because of COVID-19. So a lot is happening. Uh, we have to continue to pay attention. It will make it interesting. But for the Sean Pittman show, we go back to politics because this is the political season. Uh, we got Representative Loran Osley with us today, who's in a very, very contentious race for the Florida Senate. And we'll talk to her right after this. Stay with us. Listening to the Sean Pittman Show. Good morning. Welcome back to the show. And uh, as I said in the intro today, uh, Representative Loran Osley. And let me say for the record, uh, so I don't get people calling like, you got to tell people when you're talking to your clients. <laughs> uh, uh, for the record, Loran and I worked together for many, many years. And so she's a she's a colleague and a friend. Uh, but she's also our state representative. Uh, she's running for uh, state senate. And uh, it's a, a good time to have her on the show because there's a lot going on. So, Loran Osley, uh, welcome back to the Sean Pittman Show. Thank you, Sean. It's great to be here. Well, listen, I, I, I want to start with COVID because um, people don't realize this is a different campaign season. And for people who have campaigned in the past like you, it is quite a different. How are you helping your constituents? Number one, how are you helping them during the pandemic? Number two, and more importantly, has it been difficult to sort of stay connected with them as a representative and as uh, somebody campaigning? Well, sure. I mean, so from day one, we worked from our legislative office to provide information about the basically about what's going on worked with the school systems in across North Florida on their food distribution, spent a lot of time advocating for state employees in the workplace for safe working conditions, making sure that they had, you know, those that were going to work had PPE and, and sanitary offices, and a lot of issues around leave and pay issues. Obviously, we spent a lot of time talking to people who had been unemployed through no no fault of their own and as they navigated the debacle of the unemployment system um, and working with small business and restaurants to get their PPP and, and, and those kind of things. So, you know, we stayed in touch through Facebook Live and through lots of calls from constituents, um, but it's certainly difficult. Um, on the second question, it is completely different than anything I've ever experienced. No, no, no door to door am, right now, huh? <laughs> right. I'm here, you know, 11 counties, which is 10 more than I'm typically campaigning in. And I can't go out there. You know, what I want to do is shake people's hands, look them in the eye and earn their vote. And I can't do that. I have to do it over Zoom or over a telephone call. And it's hard. Yeah. And I, I would. And I, and I know everybody is going through that well except donald trump because i think he's going door to door um i think he i think he might be going door to door um but 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 you are in a political campaign right now for state senate this this not being able to 
uh, look at people in the eyes and shake their hand um, it's difficult especially you know when you're in a situation where there's a lot of negative campaigning um, going on what has that experience been like and and what are your reactions to the negative campaign ads that have been coming like clockwork from your opponent well i have to say it's it's definitely an emotional roller coaster you know i'm tough but it's still hard when i get two to three mail pieces every single day in my own mailbox with all kind of lies and distortions every single day uh, and it's you you know everyone that listen your listening audience has heard has seen it all from uh you know a a, a suggestion that i took mu- taxpayer money then that i funded my campaign with it I mean, you know, it goes on and on and on that I voted against the hurricane budget when I vote. The reason I voted against the hurricane budget because it didn't have enough money for hurricane relief. You know, this, these are the kind of distortions that that desperate people uh, revert to, I think. And I think we I, I just have to continue focusing on my record of service and that people who have worked with me and people who have seen me work in the community know where my heart is. They know that my I do this for reasons because I wake up every morning and want to help people. And, you know, I just have to hope that shines through. Well, uh, you know, Bill Carterell did a, a editorial opinion piece, uh, well, a column uh, this week, and he sort of exposed the whole PPP thing and, and, and sort of talked about the Republicans using that tactic across the state to hurt Democratic candidates because but let's be real, the Democratic Party did something not that smart um, early on. And you were one of the first ones to criticize it. And of course, they did return the money. But um, but it's it's lingering and it's hurting. And I, I find it interesting that and I think Bill Carterell sort of mentioned this, that the fact that your opponent worked in law enforcement but makes claims without evidence i think this presents you know just an opportunity for you if you get back to the legislature i mean couldn't there be some legislation that that stop people from being able to to put out this false information and sending it to voters who who don't know any difference Listen, I, I sure hope so, Sean, because this is what's turning people off of politics. Good people don't run for office because they don't want to subject their family to this. And it's, it, you know, it's, and it, voters don't want to vote because they're tired of seeing this stuff in their mailbox and on the television. So, I mean, we, I believe in public service. I believe there is a very important role that government plays in our lives. And I have chosen to be a part of, of, you were working in that system in a way to help families and children and state employees. But I, there, there have been times I will be honest that it's like I, one more piece of this mail and I want to walk away. Well, I'm listen, not going to do it. There are people. Then they will have won. Right, right. And I mean, listen, the mail, three or four pieces a week, uh, I get them as well. And a lot of people in this district, District 3, uh, get, get, are, they're getting the mail and the TV isn't. Uh, I mean, the TV is just as bad. Um, I would say it's interesting, though, because your opponent is a faith leader. Um, shouldn't she know that thou shalt not bear false witness? <laughs> I mean, but but, you know, she sort of, I think, knows that these are lies, but but yet allows them to be perpetuated. Well, and it's, let's, let's get real. This is coming from the top. This is coming from Donald Trump, 
who has no problems distorting the truth. And it's come and and the state Republican Party and the Senate Republican leadership, which is very, very nervous about this election cycle. We, you know what we need to keep making sure people know is that Marva Preston is a Republican. She supports Donald Trump. I am a Democrat, and I am endorsed by Barack Obama, Bill Monford, and Al Lawson, and many more, because they know my record of service and they know my heart. I want to talk about your endorsements in a minute. I do want to ask you, though, because, you know, they bring out that you've been in politics for a long time. And, uh, you know, in a time like this, we need experienced steady hands. So I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. But I do want to ask you something about your experience. Have you ever been in a race with this level of contention and negativity? No, never. Has it changed your view? Has it changed your view of politics or public service? It hasn't changed my view of public service, but as I said, I mean, there have been moments when I, you know, I'm, I've, I have a good life. Why do I need to put myself through this and my family through this? You know, a 17 year old son, he doesn't need to deal with this. My father doesn't need to deal with this. He's 83 years old. But then I go back to this is about public service and it's about doing the right thing for the people. And that's what I have done. And that's the way we win is to, is to, is to, the voters see through this and we get in office and we keep doing good things for the people that expect us to good, do good things for them. I, that's all we can do, right? It is. And I tell you, the thing about public service is, you know, what we lose when those who really want to serve for good reasons, what we lose when they lose. You know, the people really lose. And uh, and when people win, who will go to all costs to win, it means that it's more about them than it is about the people. And 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 I, I think that's a general rule, not an exception. And listeners, if you're just tuning in, we're talking to soon to be Senator Loran Osley, uh, but Representative Loran Osley. And we we spent a moment talking about what, you know, the elephant in the room. Uh, there's been a lot of negative campaigning and and, uh, you know, the voters have learned. A lot more about uh, Representative Osley than uh, we could imagine. But she is telling us for the record that all that stuff is not true. And, and, and you know what? I believe her. And, you know, you, you mentioned President Obama being someone who has endorsed you along with our own Congressman Al Lawson and and uh, the, the beloved Senator Mumford all have endorsed your race. And I got to tell you, those are, are huge shoes to fill. Uh, how does it feel to have that that kind of support from these people who are, are, are legends in their own time? And and how do you how do you live up to their, their expectations of somebody who uh, who's a senator in this district? Well, that's a, I am so honored to have the support of obviously President Obama. I was I was excited uh, to to support his campaign early on. And so it was quite an honor to receive his endorsement. But particularly Senator Monford and Senator and Congressman Lawson, um, I've had the pleasure of working with both of them. Senator Lawson, I still call him Senator, Congressman Lawson and I, um, when I first served in the House, he was my senator. And we did a lot of work together for state employees and public education and our higher ed. Um, and Senator Monford and I, you know, most recently just really, you know, we, we pushed hard for the state employee pay raise together. And we worked day in and day out on Hurricane Michael recovery efforts. Um, there's nobody 
who worked harder than Senator Mumford, and they and I just saw that the um, there's 22 million dollars going to the Calhoun Liberty Hospital. That's something that was so important to him, and I'm so um, proud that that has happened. And there's so many other things that he's such a, you know, sort of a, 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 a he works behind the scenes and gets so much done. And I think people recognize that. So it is a both of those, all four of those are big shoes to fill. Uh, but I think I'm up to the job. Well, listen, how, how do you think the presidential is going? I mean, we the the debate was canceled. I think they're doing some town hall meetings now. And I know you got your own race, but. It's a presidential year. It's hard not to pay attention to what's going on there. Uh, any predictions? I have been in this these close races so many times. I'm scared to do it, but I <laughs> I, I, I feel good for Joe. I'm I've, I've been I'm excited about Biden's campaign. Um, but you know we've been here so many times, Sean. <laughs> right, right. Well, and then you know we have to remember because I I think. I think Biden's going to get so many more votes than uh, Donald Trump. I think I think Biden's going to I actually think he's going to win in a big way. But we also know that even if he wins by 10 million votes, if he doesn't win the right, right. states, the Electoral College will elect uh, Donald Trump again. So uh, I, 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 that scares the heck out of me. You Oh, it scares me, and it scares his comments, the president's comments about not relinquishing power, and the way that the president and, quite frankly, the governor have been approaching COVID. It's just irresponsible, and I hope that the voters can see through all of this. Um, I, I, I can't let you go without talking about COVID. I mean, and you've been ser- you've served in the legislature a couple times now, about twelve years. Um, this is a new kind of service. Should you this voter send you back to the Senate uh, when you guys come next year? How do you expect session to proceed under COVID-19? I don't. That's a good question, because right now the leadership, I think, is in a different place than where I am as far as the severity of this pandemic and the way that we as the public ought to be handling it. So I'm. I'm interested to see how that's going to play out in the Capitol. I worry about state employees. I worry about the people, the sergeant's office, people that are there, you know, that we're expecting to be there. Um, with, and with, if we don't have proper safety protocols until we have a vaccine, we still have a pandemic on our hands. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, I'm hearing that it's going to be really difficult. You got the House Speaker who wants to who has pretty much said that things can go as usual just with a you know bunch of cleaning and and being aware and and social distancing and you got a senate president who's saying we need to lock the capitol down we need to work from our offices and nobody should be able to come into the capitol so you've got two extremes there and and a lot of us out here are like well well how does that i don't even know how you bridge that right i don't even know how right. you Maybe, get to I mean, the middle we got to do our job and other states have done it and they figured out how to do it and we can do it too. I just think it is concerning that we have this divide and we, we need to make sure that we're doing it safely, but we've got to get to the work of the people and we should have been in session before now to deal with this unemployment system, to deal with the $2.4 billion budget hole. The legislature should be making these decisions, not the governor. So let's just talk a, a second about the importance of this Senate seat. 
um, right? Because I know you're spending a lot of times talking about it and you have a reputation as someone who gets things done. I mean, you, you worked hard on Whole Child Leon. I mean, that didn't exist until you came along. I mean, your record with um, helping with education, moving education forward and working with kids is second to none. But we're in a mode where everybody is backed into their corners as it relates to politics. How do you expect to get things done if uh, the voters send you back to the Senate? Well, and that's always the, the question. We Everybody goes through tough campaigns and we come to, we, we come together and, and that's part of politics. We've got to be able to put that behind us, come to the Capitol and do the work of the people. I have always been somewhat, I've always served in the minority, which means to get things done, I have to work with the other side. And I've, I'm good at that. I, I'm a I'm a people person. I find out what is important to people and try to, to, to bridge that common ground and find things we can work on together. And I've done that for 12 years, and I intend to continue doing that. And I think that's what the voters and the people of Florida expect for us to do, is our job to find the common ground and get things done. Well, and the Senate is different than the House, right? I mean, you... Uh, each senator really does have the ability to have their voice heard and to uh, and to help their constituencies and, and the community they represent. So Senate seems to be more about a leadership style uh, than than whether or not you're in dominant control as a party. Right. I think that's right. And, you know, it's it's con- entirely possible that we come back much closer to parity with the Republicans after this election cycle, which is, again, why these campaigns are so so negative. Well, There's a lot at stake. Exactly. And, and so, listen, um, we've held you up enough because we know that you got to be out there <laughs> campaigning. And at the same time, you got to be a state representative representing the community that uh, still counting on you. Right. Uh, so we won't hold you up any longer. But can you just for a moment uh, tell the voters in case it hasn't g- gotten through all the noise? What's the top priority for you if you're elected to the Senate in November? The first thing we've got to do is come together and and figure out how to get past this COVID and we've got to do that. We've got to have real conversations about supporting our small businesses, providing health care, supporting our schools while we're facing a $0.4 billion budget shortfall. Um, and and I, for my personal prior, uh, priority is high-speed Internet for everyone in District 3. Uh, there is a digital divide that's impacting not just our rural communities. And there we have a lot of kids right here in Leon and Gadsden that, that are not able to access digital learning. And that needs we that I am going to make that my priority to to fix. Well, listen, um, listeners, that's uh, Representative Loran Os- Osley, who is running for state senate, and President Bar- Barack Obama has asked you to vote for <laughs> Congressman Al Lawson and Senator <laughs> Mufford. And you know what? Uh, she's a friend of the show, uh, and we appreciate her coming on again and 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 giving us some good information here. So, um, Representative Osley, good luck to you. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. Make sure everybody out there votes. You can vote, do it vote, now. vote. Early That's vote right. On Monday, 
but but do it. Well, I, that's a good message to end on, y'all. Let's vote. We all need to vote. Uh, I can't tell you who to vote for. Not all the time anyway. But I can tell you that it's important that you get out to vote. So uh, stay with us. We'll be right back with a Pittman Point right after this. You're listening to The Sean Pittman Show. It's time for Pittman's Point. Welcome back to the Sean Pittman Show, and we are certainly grateful to our friend, Representative Loran Osley, for joining us this morning and shedding some light on uh, what has become a particularly nasty campaign for the Florida Senate, uh, as well as some thoughts on the presidential election and, and being a public servant in uh, the days of COVID. And uh, I got to tell you, I have not seen particularly a Senate race so negative, so nasty. And I got to tell you, I don't know how that thing ends up, but I prefer to have uh, someone who's going to take us in a positive direction. Uh, I'm kind of done with that negative stuff. Anyway, it's time for the Pittman point. We have now seen a presidential debate and a vice presidential debate. But with Donald Trump testing positive for COVID-19 and the Commission on Presidential Debates opting to go virtual for the second debate, we had a cancellation. This week, the candidates for president instead held town hall meetings, town hall events to get in front of the voters and answer questions. But I got to tell you, that's not the same. It's just not the same. As Americans, we need to see our candidates talking on the same page, talking to each other and at each other and contrasting ideas with one another. Not on their own practice talking points. When Donald Trump announced that he would not participate in this week's debate, he made it clear that he was not willing to let American voters hear directly from him again. He also made it clear that if he couldn't interrupt, if you had the opportunity to turn his mic off, <laughs> that he wasn't going to play that game with you. I think all of those things are mistakes. After all, he works for us. It's not the other way around. So the pit my point today is it's time for performance review. The president must answer for his job. And when he ducks out of debates, it seems like he's trying to cover something up. That's a problem. If the electorate decides to reelect him, that's one thing. But not talking to us through robust debates is unacceptable and it's unprecedented. This is the Sean Pittman Show, and we'll see you in seven.